0: us gassing on about it give you in the whore. i don't think it means what you think it means by the way you know when you're when you're telling these little stories you have a big mouth here's a good idea What are you even talking about have a point why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers it makes it so much more interesting for the listener you took that to the next to the next level and yeah oh, it, was,
1: your, it was fun oh, to edit but yeah i don't want to go back to editing <laughs> no <laughs> no
0: I wouldn't mind editing someone else's podcast. I don't think I would mind
1: this. editing someone else's podcast either
0: because at least I get paid for it. Right, right. But editing this, yeah, neither of us get paid. Yeah. Hey, so I wanted to um, I wanted to start off because um, the Black Friday Cyber Monday weekend has now passed, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to start off with something we touched on briefly last week. Um. I'll see if this works. I haven't tested this at all. So this might be a moot point, but Oh, you were talking about the UAD
1: 12 days, whatever. Whatever. I, I think this makes great listening.
0: <laughs> I don't even know if that how much that picks up on the podcast, but um, uh, I have no intention of spending any money on plugins um, for the rest of the year for sure. Um, but this was the closest I got to getting excited about it, and it is specifically—I mean, it's 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 more creative. They obviously put in a lot of. A lot of work and some cool creativity into it. Yeah. The the twelve days of UAD is an interesting one. It's a neat it's a neat thing, that's right. Um and that's kinda wanna of of, kinda of where I wanted to go with this. Dog is gonna break something. Maybe. I don't know. Um kinda wanna of of, where where I wanted to go with today is um, naturally, we're going to tangent, but the whole idea of, of the great sale on audio gear, and I was hoping we could cap it off at the end by talking about our greatest our greatest mistakes that we've made. When in, buying gear. When buying gear. Yeah. And we don't have to get into that right now. I'll give you the show to think about it.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I could say things that probably make people be like, "What the hell?" Because <laughs> yeah. I would say buying anything by Waves
0: because I don't like Waves, <laughs> which is which is probably why. I mean, they, they must be they must be popular plugins because there's lots of guys that use them, right? But oh, they are popular, and that's kind of I think part of the reason why I don't like them.
1: It's because I can hear them on everything. Really? Kind of. Like a lot of people use the same presets and stuff is what I find. And I've been able to hear that to an extent.
0: I don't know that I'd be able to, I'd be able to tell a a preset. I don't think I actively like
1: could know just by listening to something. But Mm. when somebody tells me like, Hey, this is what I used. Then it's just it clicks in right then and there. And it's like, oh, that's why it sounds like that. Gotcha. So it's the kind of thing I've noticed a okay. lot with uh, Waves plugins. Is when somebody tells me that they used Waves plugin for majority of their mix or whatever. It's just it, it clicks in to me as to that sound that I don't like. Right. Fair enough. I, I mean, this could all be in my head, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think my ears are as sensitive as yours because we've we've done tests before where your your ears um, hear even just in the high frequency, your ears hear way higher than mine, and so it, it it's entirely possible that, that your ears just overall are more sensitive to to specific details, and you, you might even have a great memory for a subconscious memory, maybe uh, for. Uh, for that kind of sonic fingerprint that these plugins leave, sure. Um, Another thing I don't like about them is the hiss that their
1: analog stuff. You can turn that off. I know you can, but I have to actively <laughs> turn it
0: off. <laughs> it, it would be nice. It would be nice if if there was a if there was a default setting you could s- yeah. set them all to be off. Well,
1: I can because Reaper will let me do that. Yeah. Like I can s- have a preset like this is the starting position but i don't want to do have
0: to do that for every plugin that i own that's part of the analog emulation though right like that's a lot of those a lot of those things sure but
1: uad doesn't add that anywhere near as much hiss as that's true um and they have they have some analog
0: mods that don't even have it
1: yeah they're just emulating the components of the electronics they're not Emulating making the the hiss noise that yeah is a result because they know that you're in the digital realm you don't necessarily want that right um
0: if I wanted hiss I would add it because it's not hard <laughs> <laughs> I did a I did a, um, an all analog mix um this would have been May ish uh for Soapbox Duo we did um we did uh, that that live series they did, um, in the spring and summer. Um, and the recordings turned out great. This this is the one I, I went out of town to, to record them in a, in an old, old building. Um, anyway, uh, um, Alexander was really excited to have the whole thing mixed analog. And my first, my first mix, um, I, figured I should ma- I, I should try to get some sort of like some sort of limiting and, and some sort of gain out of this because I at the time I didn't have I didn't have a um, uh, an analog limiter uh, of sorts other than driving in hard into preamps right mm-hmm. um, and I didn't have uh, um, and, I, and and I didn't want to I didn't want to bring it back into the digital world to to then just raise the level and blah, blah, blah. I should have done that. But as it turned out, the, um, I decided to use one of the, um, um, had this, uh, this TC electronics finalizer that I was playing with for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I figured I I might as well try it out. It is, technically digital cuz it goes through the digital conversion stage all the processing is digital and then it spits it out mm-hmm. through another conversion stage but um the analog input of one of the uh, uh of one of them was really hissy really okay. really really hissy um and now i know that now works great digitally we just hook it up we actually hooked it up up, up here um through a uh, toslink cable Uh, and clean as a whistle. Um, but that one analog input, I think it was the right one. Noisy as fuck. Anyway. So, so I fought with it and I fought with it. I wonder if I'm just like over overthinking this, you know, is it really as loud as I think it is? So I sent off the mix to Alex and said, Hey, you know, I'm, there were a little bit of noise issues. Um, let me know if they're too much for you and I'll just, I'll just redo it. And sure enough. First thing he, he comes back with is yeah, that noise is really loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So naturally I, I, re, I had to redo the whole thing, but uh, just decided not to, not to run it through any sort of limiting at all. It sounded much better.
1: Or you could just use an expander before the limiter to help minimize the hiss.
0: That was the thing. Um, that was the thing is the, the hiss was loud enough because the, um, because the hiss was introduced at the, uh, at the device, mm-hmm. not before the device. Oh. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was the actual, right. Im- it was the actual input on the, de- on the, the finalizer that, that was um well, then use a
1: different limiter.
0: yeah oh yeah <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, i thought it was boost like i don't know I it was just the input boosting was boosting, boosting the, the floor noise that was that was my assumption at first too right um, and and that, i mean it it took me it took me a couple took me a couple weeks after that to to figure out that it actually was the, the input. input that was introducing it but yeah. this the soft clipping that it does is really nice It has this i don't I don't even know what it actually does mm-hmm. but it has this um what they call tape style clipping mm-hmm. um I really really like it don't like the multiband compressor because it's fixed frequency points um and uh, you don't have individual threshold control um it's just kind of turn it up into the into the presets. I don't like that at all, but the clipping is really nice. That's what we use it for up here. Yeah. It gives Mostly it gives Roland an extra toy to play with up here. Um, and he really, he really likes the, the, uh, the clipper. Hmm. Anyway, um, I wanted to, I wanted to, um, I have a feeling that you're going to be like just because you hate waves so much. I have a feeling that you're going to be really resistant to this. So if you really don't want to go through this, um, then uh, just let me know. I <clears throat>
1: I think you're overestimating how much I hate waves. I, just, <laughs> I have no. Okay. Well, I I was. There are some plugins I like of theirs, but. Hmm. Because I don't like majority of their plugins, I stopped using even the ones that I like. You do
0: like, yeah. So they have um, today they they've extended their um, their twenty nine dollar plugin sale.
1: Okay. Sounds and like a typical Waves thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. They every every major event they seem to do a twenty nine dollar. Anyway, so they 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 have seventy five plugins um, uh, for sale. Uh, let's just sort of for buy that. 30 bucks each for $29 each. No, it's 29 American. For, so, uh, it's like 40 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so I was hoping we'd go through some of these. Sure. Um, cause there are definitely some in here that for $29 I'd almost consider. Yeah. Right. Um, and I was hoping we could just, I, I was hoping we could just like forget that it's waves. Sure. I, yeah. I, yeah. I okay.
1: The fact that it's Waves doesn't really mean all that much to me mm. if it's something that I could see being very useful, right? And that's At the same time, though, I
0: don't want to go through the headache that is dealing with Waves dealing, just to use yeah. a plugin. Well, I'm I'm down to I'm down to two Waves plugins that I use regularly, and if I can ever afford to replace them with UA plugins, um, then I'm I'm going to do that in a heartbeat. That's
1: what I want to do: is buy some more UA plugins. Now's a good time. UA, well, uh, 12 I don't have the money that, for that. That's, that's true. And aside that, I work at a retail store, so I right. can get some pretty killer deals
0: year round. Anyway, can't you get? Um, you know, how you got that great de- uh, that that uh, comp deal with the uh, with Cubase, and you just ch- tested that out for a few months. Can you get not get the same kind? Oh, of?
1: I I can get the same
0: from, from UAD. UA? You should do that. Uh, I want to
1: get a a you better should. card first. That's very fair, because <laughs> the solo is not enough power. It is not enough DSP because UAD doesn't let you use your own processor, which mine's insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been looking at. I have an i seven in my computer, yeah. uh, like four gigahertz. Like that's an insane amount of processing power. Right. Plus, I got was it. Thirty-two gigs of RAM. Jeez, like
0: <laughs> I have DSP for days. DSP for days. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> that's a great DSP for days. Um, <laughs> I yeah. You know, I've I've actually been considering selling the um, the uh, uh, the Octo card downstairs and getting a, um, a Thunderbolt box those accelerator boxes.
1: It's a PCI card that you're
0: selling? on Yeah. A PCIe card.
1: Um, I haven't, how much are you looking to,
0: I haven't committed to selling it. Right. Um, right. Uh, because I, I buy an Octo. That's probably more than I need. <laughs> well, that's the thing is it, it's, it's way more than I need too, right? Um, my thinking is, and, and this is my headspace is I use on a heavy mix where I'm doing a lot of, a lot of, A lot of DSP stuff. Mm -hmm. I end up using approximately six cores and, and, and never, never the full eight. Yeah. Never the, never the full eight. The only time I've ever used the full eight was I did, I did one mastering session where I had, I had seven manly pull techs or uh, manly massive passives. And, uh, we're
1: you using the DSP heavy version or, uh,
0: they don't have a DSP light version of the pull of, of, of the manly. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that, that alone takes up, I think it's like, like 57% of a, of a core. And so only okay. one fit on each no, core. I haven't used that one,
1: but I know yeah, the culture vulture, mm-hmm. that thing uses 75% of a wow core.
0: That's crazy. Uh, That's the whole, that's been, that was the whole reason why I never, I never invested in, in, um, their API channel strip, which I would love.
1: I think they have a a DSP light version of it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't think they do. Do they not? Here
0: we go. Like, I'm pretty sure they do maybe they do but I, I i don't think i don't think they did i, I, I mean i'm i'm glad i didn't buy it anyway because it, it, as it turns out i just don't need it i i don't need anything really I, I should sell three quarters of the stuff i own but but you're not going to but i'm not going to <laughs> um yeah um anyway uh yeah so I, i've I've been considering selling that and getting, getting one of the Thunderbolt boxes that is just the accelerator, the, the satellite, Satell- yeah, satellite. That's right, because um, they have they have four core and eight core versions of that. Yeah. And I was thinking, I, I get a four core version, I pair it up with the Apollo that I have, and I'm good to go. That gives me six cores, which is plenty, especially on a on a uh, Thunderbolt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. When you come up with a price, I might be interested.
0: Yeah, I, we'll see. I, I would, pr- <laughs> I would need to, I would need to put it in conjunction with a computer upgrade and a, um, and buying the, uh, that thing. So it's probably not going to happen anytime soon, but okay. Yeah. We should get, we should just find you a cheap, um, duo cord, a duo core wouldn't be enough for you. I don't
1: think a duo would be, I think I need at least a quad.
0: I'm going to click onto eBay here. Cause I'm going to see if I can find you live on the, this isn't exactly live, but well, um, eBay, let's do a the search. The thing
1: is, is usually people aren't selling low enough that
0: it makes it worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Cause of
1: my discount at where I work, like, it, it usually ends up being what people are selling their used stuff for. Oh, really? It, it, typically, yeah. Mm. There's some good profit margins on some of those things, especially if those things end up being distributed uh, through Yorkville. Like, is, is UAD like is, is U- UAD Universal? is not okay, uh, but Aston microphones, for example, like I, I get a pretty good discount on those microphones. Because they are Yorkville
0: distributed products. They're up for, um, the, uh, I just saw SOS awards. SOS award. Yeah. You got that email for the starlight. No,
1: I didn't get, well, no, I got an email through, well, I probably did get it through my normal email too, but I don't check that very often. Hmm. If you look at my phone, it says I have like 200 and some unread emails.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I just found a, I just found a, uh, a duo core PCIe card for 500 bucks. That's not a great deal.
1: That's an Uh, okay deal,
0: but it's not a great deal. Especially uh, once you compare it to your, um, to my discount that I'll probably get like, I,
1: my price is probably better. Um, I'd have to be at L and M though,
0: to, to find out. Yeah. Um, they have a quad PCIe card for 700. That's decent. I think that's about what I would pay for a quad at work. Okay. There you go. Um and then uh Yeah.
1: Yeah, then it just gets stupid from there. And then Octo is pretty ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Okay, well. So we need to we need to solve that. Maybe we'll make that some sort of New Year's resolution to start a maybe oh dude we could do like a crowdfunding campaign to get me a, <laughs> that sounds stupid
1: uh it's not a potato salad man what oh did you not hear of that stupid story that was like a few not. years ago this is, oh, uh, this is some guy uh crowdsourced to make potato salad all he wanted, like, the thing was, was like, he never had potato salad before and he wanted to make his own potato salad. So he, yeah. he crowdfunded to get the ingredients to make his own potato salad. What the hell? And he ended up making like $50,000 of which s he, he used that money to make like a lot of potato salad for people. <laughs> So, like, he used it for what he said he was going to use it for. But, like, there was a string of, like, really stupid things on crowdsourcing yeah. uh, sites. And it was just, like, I think it was mostly just people pointing out that crowdsourcing is kind of dumb, at least at the time, because mm-hmm. there was, it was, they weren't, like, enforcing rules or anything. Right. And it kind of made companies start to be like, no, you can't go on our website for this but like GoFundMe is pretty bad where like a girl racks up a $300 cab ride or Uber ride or something. And then she can't pay rent. So she crowdsources to pay her rent. Cause she made a bad decision. That's
0: so weird. Yeah.
1: I mean, like I, I, there's lots of stupid things like that. Yeah. I'm not interested in being a part of that culture. <laughs> That's very fair. well, I rarely even invest in those kind of things like Kickstarter. I've invested.
0: You've invested in more than I have. I've pledged I, one dollars pledge.
1: I have pledged a hundred dollar pledge. That's the most recent one I've done.
0: Mm, that was the turtles game, right? No. no, oh.
1: that's a game that I'm supposed to get
0: next month. Oh, sweet.
1: The turtles game. I bought a uh, third party. Oh, okay. I missed the, the Kickstarter.
0: Oh, right. But
1: the thing is, is with me and Kickstarter is I don't invest in companies that haven't proved that they could fulfill a, a Kickstarter.
0: That makes sense, though.
1: Because you are investing and a lot of those Kickstarters do fail and you don't get your money back. Right. Or you, like, it's not like proper investing where like... <laughs> There are laws that say that you yeah. have to report to your investors and tell them how things are going. It's just, you See, gave people
0: money. And, and and for me, I'm, I'm never excited about innovative ideas, I guess. Um, I'm for me, it's, I'd be
1: willing to invest, one... but I would need those things in place. Like I, I need yeah. confidence that either what I, what I'm investing in, I'm going to eventually get. hmm and it, that, like that confidence has to be like super high where I don't feel there's any risk of me not getting right. the product or then, there has to be rules in place that allow my investment to get, make me
0: something in the and process. That's, that's why I invested like this $20 with nothing, right? Um, I invested in a band. It was uh, not really a band. It was a uh, lead singer of a band doing his first solo record. And they've crowdsourced th- the band's albums ever since. But uh, this would have been 2013 or 2014 or something, and it was—it was just he—he he treated it as much like a pre-sale to yeah. raise money. Well, right? a
1: lot of bands do do that, where which I they think treated as a pre-sale. I think it's um, a fantastic
0: idea. Yeah,
1: I think it's great. But same time, I've seen like video companies or video game companies that do the whole Kickstarter thing. Like I will never do uh, a crowdsourcing for a video game because there is too many stories of the studios that got the money deciding, oh, we're not going to make the game anymore.
0: Yeah. And then not giving the money back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nor do they legally have to.
0: Well, see now, now there, there are, um, (sighs) slice of the pie was one of the early ones. They had rules right up front that if you didn't, if you didn't go through with your commitments that you proposed online, then you had to give the money back. Now, I don't know how much, how much ability they had to enforce that, but, um, Uh, but I, I, I would say Kickstarter being the, the popular one, like
1: it doesn't really have any rules as to like, you have to deliver on the product that you are promising. And, like, a lot of companies that actually did do the whole Kickstarter thing, like, early on, they learned of, like, some pitfalls and stuff. Like, some companies lost money from Kickstarter because they overreached and were overpromising things. Mm. That ended up costing them more money than they actually got.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that has to be pretty careful. I mean,
1: a lot of that has to do with, like, people not realizing that Kickstarter takes a cut because of course they do. And I mean, they're yeah. well within their right to, but
0: well, and, and I think that's totally fair. I mean, they're providing a, they're providing a good platform that provides a measure of security, um, mm. for the investors as well as an easy way to connect with or connect ideas with, money right yeah. i mean, i would expect and and, and there's costs I, associated with i that. would expect costs associated to it but yeah. a lot of people
1: who have never done it before or have not actually researched it or anything like that that they just think oh if, I, if it says that i raised a million dollars i get that full million dollars right and it's just like <laughs> no like that's uh, not the way this the works. company that is allowing you to half this campaign is going to take a cut of that million dollars because you're on their platform. Yeah. They deserve some of that money because they built the infrastructure for you to make that money. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Totally. Fine. I,
0: I don't like crowdsourcing all that much. So let's do will still from, do it. Let's but, steer away from crowdsourcing then. Yeah. Um, and we won't crowdsource your DSP card. Instead. Is... You'll save money. <laughs> you won't you won't save money. You'll pay off. You'll pay I want to save money so long that McQuade I can account actually then... do.
1: Actually my long McQuaid account is Well, one of them is paid off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of them.
1: <laughs> uh the second one might also not have a thing on it anymore. But that's a thing I just found out about yesterday. Cool. Had a guitar. And got I checked it in yesterday for uh, I thought it was just trust rod adjustment was all that was needed, but it turns out that the neck might be fucked.
0: Mm. That's rough. Yeah. Ooh, that reminds me of another th- thing I wanted to.
1: So I might have two accounts paid off and then all I have is a layaway that needs to be paid off, which I only owe like 300 bucks on cool. 150 of which I could, cause I have $150 so- of credit at Long McQuaid there you go because they reward you for uh selling a lot cool as they should you make them money yeah I'm I'm considered what they call a top performer
0: yeah you mentioned that
1: yeah Yeah. and I got
0: $150 long McQuaid's credit as a result um I want to ask you about uh, a common gripe that I have um we may never get back to the DSP thing, but, um, I teched a show on the weekend, mm-hmm. um, where the organizer of the show rented the gear from Long McQuaid North.
1: Okay.
0: And I, because I, I, had nothing to do with any of the equipment or any of the choices. They asked my opinion, but I just don't know equipment that's available for rental these days. So, uh-huh. um, so I never bothered. I never contributed anything significant to the input. I, I basically said, whatever you guys get is fine. We'll make it work. And it was, yeah, I mean, the, the show turned out fine. Um, is it not? And I'm, I'm assuming the answer is no. Cause I never, I never get the luxury of this anymore. Is it not common practice to have, to have some sort of graphic EQ go out with, with a rig to EQ the system, it's
1: I only, only we if deal if with only a lot of people. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I deal with a lot of people who are like, this is their first gig or this is their first ten gigs
0: type of people. I'm not going to give them a graphic EQ and say, figure this out too. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Okay, because um, the the uh, I mean everything went over really well. All the bands were pretty pretty good at. Adjusting their levels, yeah. Um, it was uh, Thistle, something mechanical, and the Red Cannons were the three bands on the on the show. Um, ended up raising almost two thousand dollars for Movember, which was pretty cool. But that's cool, yeah. Um, and the system actually sounded. It was <clears throat> you would know the system. I it was some Yorkville system that uh, with an Allen and Heath Mix Wizard um, for a console. Okay, um, and it was. It was fine. It sounded, it sounded decent. Um, I would have liked to have a graph just so I could, I I could turn it up a little louder, notch out some little issues, but overall it, it, it actually was a, was a pretty decent system. Um, I was able to turn the subs down to an appropriate level, which I appreciated. Um, and the crossover point was surprisingly useful, which I'm not used to. I'm not used to crossover points between tops and subs being, um being as good as as that. In in these powered systems. Mm. Right. I'm used to The new
1: Elite has an adjustable
0: crossover switch. Ooh, nice.
1: Yeah. It's cool. It also has
0: three modes.
1: So it's like three subs built into one. Mm. Like it it it's it's a cool sub. The Elite eighteen is uh Sweet. it's got Punch, which is mode one, yeah. uh, and then it's got smooth, which is mode two, and then deep is mode three.
0: So you it's three like, different shapes of your sub.
1: Well, you got three different tonal qualities to your sub. Right. Which is awesome. Nice. And then it's a solid wood cab, so it, it projects pretty far. And then the baffles like probably a foot. Okay. Uh, foot high and like three feet wide. Yeah. So it pushes air.
0: Um, the monitor system was was interesting. Um, was it just a bunch of E tens? Oh, I have no idea. They, they little, were, tiny, little tiny, little yeah. tiny, ten inch uh, uh, I think they were 10 speakers. Inch, yeah. It's probably E tens or YX tens. So, so one thing the um, the Longham McQuaid rental people at the North store they didn't provide the right. Connections. That's pretty common with that store. And so I shouldn't say that on (laughs) air. We had to, we had to plug into the mic input on those speakers rather than the line input, which was fine. I mean, it 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 actually rolled off some of the some of the high end. Um, but uh,
1: wait, so it was a speaker with a a mic. It had a mic input and then a quarter inch line, quarter inch line input. Okay, that is a YX10. YX10? Yeah. Okay. I don't like those ones as much because of that, actually. Yeah. Uh,
0: They sounded fine. They're uh, an okay speaker. Uh, It's just,
1: I don't like having to explain to uh, customers that don't plug into this one. It is mic level. It's going to boost the signal. You know, and,
0: and, and truth be told, the guys that rented the system, they had no idea. Yeah, They just, here's a, here is an XLR input. I have an XLR in my hand plug. Yeah. Right. They were fine. They they didn't care. Well, I don't know.
1: It's a thing I have to explain at my location because I I get the complaints on Sunday all the time. Mm -hmm. So I've just grown used to whenever I have to give someone one of those speakers and I, it's usually my last choice for a monitor uh, because of that mic level. And line level right. difference. Totally and fair. Like I have to, it is a point for whenever I rent them, out. would being like plug into this one. If you plug into this one, it's going to boost the signal and it's not going to sound all that great because you're going to overload the speaker. Right. <laughs> That's how I word it. Yeah. I know it's a lot more complicated
0: than that, but. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't run them. I couldn't run them at um, full gain. Which is fine. Oh, I heard of a cool story today
1: that might make you cringe though. (laughs) Uh, Do tell. Uh, Somebody came in and was uh, asking how they can make their, their powered speakers sound better. And so they were asked, how are you hooking it up? And so he's like, runs through how he has like this DJ rig that he feeds into a power amplifier. And then from that power amplifier... He feeds the signal to his powered speakers. And he was saying like, I can barely get any, uh, like I barely touch it. And it's like already red." like what's going on. It's just like, I'm surprised you didn't blow something up yeah. first. <laughs> Man, Take the power amplifier, get rid of that. And just hook up from your DJ rig directly to the speakers. And then, like, after you did that, he's like, oh, it sounds so much better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't imagine those speakers are happy with you, but, yeah, it would sound much better.
0: Yeah. It probably took 10 years off the life of those things.
1: Probably. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure the preamp in those speakers is, like, altered for the rest
0: of their life. Well, I I mean. Like I said, I'm surprised you didn't blow it up. Yeah. yeah. At least he knew enough to, oh, it's turning red. There's something wrong, you know, to have that, have that thought.
1: Well, I don't think that that's his thought because he was saying it sounds
0: bad. The fact that it's hitting red means it's clipping like crazy. I once worked with a DJ that, that said, you have to drive things into the red on whatever console he was working on, or it doesn't sound right.
1: You mean like shit? <laughs> <laughs> huh. Yeah. I mean, some distortions case. great, and I will purposely run things into the red. But like, yeah, I, there's a time
0: and place. Yeah, most people don't. Most people don't know that what, what that is, and that that comes with experience. Most people don't have experience with this shit. They just think they know better.
1: Yeah. Well, I get to have those conversations all the time, where I have to be like, <laughs> "I'm sorry, I." did not mean to imply that you didn't know what you're doing the reality is is like I'm saying you don't know what the fuck you're doing
0: let me jump through a couple couple quick things um so this show on the weekend um one of the bands two two of the bands had really really decent control on their tone um on their tone changes mm-hmm. um the the red cannons especially but they're i mean they're a they're a working band they um they have a ton of experience at, at this thing anyway. Um, but one of the bands really didn't have control over their, their, the guitar players really didn't have good control over their tone changes, especially when it came to, um, EQ settings for various tones and, um, and volume for various tones, you know, it, it, some, some typical stuff, like, like the one guy's clean tones were way louder than his dirty tones, Okay. Um, And, one, and uh, one of the guys was complaining that, and this became a mix issue as well, but one of the guys was complaining that he couldn't really hear his guitar on stage. But to me, who was, I don't know, 50 feet away. You could hear Claire's day? I couldn't hear a ton of top end, but his low end was just... What was, was overwhelming the bass guitar huh. and, and not an uncommon problem. I mean, it's not super common, but it's not an unheard of problem Yeah, where there's so much low end that the amp literally sacrifices top end for the overwhelming low end. I mean, that's a, the, that's a typical metal zone. Ah, oh, you know what? He might've been using a metal zone. Fuck. That makes so much sense because I know he had one. He had one in the studio here last year. Um, anyway, so I ended up talking to him about it afterwards and, and, and he, he tried arguing with me a little bit like, no man, I couldn't hear my, I couldn't hear my amp on stage at all. And it's because there's so much low end I ended up, it, it took me turning down the bass amp to figure out that it was in the guitar amp, this, all this low end mm-hmm. that I couldn't control. Um, And I went up to the bass player afterwards and, and, and apologized. Like, listen, man, I really want to, I feel sorry that I turned your amp down because your amp wasn't the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He just kind of grinned. Let me explain. And it was good. But, um, you as a, as a former working guitar player, sure. Um, how much how much effort did you put into making the tone changes work appropriately with each other? because I know you like you were you were a working guitar player before you became a studio guy, right uh, yeah, yeah, more or less yeah, I was um, always recording and stuff and I always had an interest in recording okay uh, but how how much how much time did you did you put into into making sure that your the tones you were using you know maybe you're using three or four tones on a particular song or or throughout the course of the night making sure that they work you did i
1: use like a tone that's the amount of effort i put into things <laughs> yeah, I, i'm I, <laughs> I just found like something that worked uh i realized lots of low end in uh, a guitar is stupid because what's the point of a bass guitar then uh, so <clears> I focused <throat> on on the mids and the highs, mm-hmm. which, I mean, my idea of what a guitar should be nowadays is different. It's pretty much, I'm going to focus on the mids, not even the highs, anymore. Unless like I need the high end for something, something. But, yeah. but it, I, I'm very mid-focused these days. Like mm-hmm. if you look at my. If you were to graph my EQ, it'd probably be a frowny face. A <laughs> frowny face? <laughs> Instead of like the the usual metal like happy face where all the mids are gone and like the bass and treble are high. It's bass and treble are down
0: and mids are like cranked. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's some of the best guitar tones come from exactly that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Um, I mean, some amps have so much mid that you have to do the the
1: happy face but majority yeah. of amps that i use it, it is a frowning face
0: i was actually pretty shocked with this band because they've been they've been playing around town together for well, a couple years now um so I'd kinda, i kind of i kind of thought they'd figured this stuff out but in hindsight i should have i should have expected less from them Specifically, because every time they come, every time they come in, everything's different. Hmm. Everything's different. There's, they're never settled on anything. Um, That's a common band thing. Yeah, uh, is, it, is it is it too much to ask though um, to ask a guitar player to to have his guitar tones, even if it's just volume matching, um, sorted out. Uh that's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I, cause I, it's, it's, I do feel like it's a legitimate question. Cause I mean, a guitar player, they're usually in front of the amp really loud anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So they go from a clean tone to a dirty tone to a more dirty, more dirty tone. And there should be some reasonable sense of this tone is quiet. This tone is loud. This tone is louder. You know, um, and 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 balancing them out appropriately. Uh, you would hope
1: that somebody had has figured that out and tried to get them close to each other in terms of volume, or at least perceived volume. Right, but yeah, it it, it it's a thing that happens. And if a band's not willing to do sound check, you're not going to know
0: until well and, it happens. And- with with a three band lineup, you don't always get sound check, right? That's fair.
1: But I don't know. It's yeah. Um, it's always a di- the guitar players is always the most difficult person to deal with in a live setting. I find, or can be the most difficult person because yeah. if you ask them to do something with their settings, it's just. Like, no, yeah. this is my tone. Like, well, your tone sucks. Your
0: tone sucks. <laughs> uh, um yeah. I And there really isn't uh there really isn't a good way to approach that with a guitar player either.
1: No. I mean uh, yeah, that's, that's all I try to do is just the customer service face and be like Hey, man, can you do this so that this and this and this and explain to them why you need to make the changes? Yeah. But then you still get the, no, it's my tone. Why are you wanting to change my tone? (laughs) It'll sound like garbage otherwise. Well, in truth, (laughs) you're playing a guitar and you're cranking the bass on the guitar, of which you don't need. Mm. You should probably boost the mids more. So there's some actual, like, you know, body to your tone. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. But, oh, whatever. That's why it's so good to take a DI. Take a DI. Every guitar needs a DI. Yeah, I,
1: but if it's, like, distorted tones and stuff, like, a DI is not going to do shit.
0: Well, yeah, but you take a DI, before, right like, right out of the guitar before it hits the pedals, before it hits the amp. Right, so you're just taking that clean unaffected guitar yeah but if i don't have a digital board
1: to right change that signal into something that's more acceptable
0: yeah okay i mean if you're talking about a live setting yeah, that's right um but in the studio
1: if i'm in a studio yeah of course i'm taking a di because i'm not going to trust the guitar player to necessarily have a tone that will work for the song right it might work for live but it doesn't necessarily mean it works in studio Yeah.
0: Yeah. I ended up, um, the PA volume wasn't much louder than the stage volume. Um, just a little bit. So I ended up doing just a whole bunch of, okay, let's boost the mid range. Your frowny face. Yeah. Kind of thing. And, um, I'll just blend that into taste. This is, eh, it still doesn't sound good. Yeah. Um, so from there, I want to lead into, had a, had an episode yesterday, last minute, um, Saturday night while I'm sitting at the, at this, at this show, um, get a text from a client that he's decided to replace his guitar player on a song on one of his songs. Okay. Um, and it's mostly cause he's just, he's just overall not happy with the performance, uh, the tone, kind of happy with what the guy was playing, just wants it overall played better. Sure. So we hire a guitar player, comes in Monday morning. We were able to sneak him in that quick and and have him basically, you know, jam through the song, figure out. They go back and forth with some ideas. Um, and then uh the client starts getting pretty frustrated. Um, start saying that he, he's got ear fatigue. He's listened to the song too much. And this was over the course of, you know, two hours. Mm. Um, unless you're cranking the, the volume, I don't think that's a thing. I think, I think he was more like song fatigue. Probably. Probably. Like he was, he was sick with the song. Yeah. Sick of the song. That's, anyway. That's so, a completely different thing. He, he, he kind of, for the most part doesn't give us a lot of useful direction and, but a lot of kind of really vague things. Um, and in the moment the guitar player leaves, he says, he's not happy with anything that the guy was playing three hours later, finally says, I'm not happy with anything that this guy's playing. And, and I wanted to just scream at him. Why did we waste three hours then? Why at some point, didn't you say, really not happy with the direction guys. Can we go, can we do something else? Anyway, so we're ultimately going to throw out three hours worth of work.
1: Okay. And
0: the singer
1: as long as he's not expecting to not pay for it. It
0: shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's being invoiced. He knows it. Good. Um, and, and he's paying the guitar player too. Um, Good. So uh, yeah. Um, Cause he should have, he has been upfront and honest. He's he, spending he money. Actually. He actually said afterwards, he didn't say anything because he didn't want to piss anybody off. Well, if, I was
1: like, it doesn't yeah. fucking matter. You're paying them. Like if they're going to get pissed off, they're not professional.
0: Exactly. And and, and that, that was one of the reasons I hired this particular guitar player, or I recommended this particular guitar player is because he doesn't come in with an ego he comes in with an open brain. He comes in with tons of ideas, but he's not married to them. Mm-hmm. And he's good and relatively quick. Except that's <laughs> what you want out I, of a session player. <laughs> I, I know, right? That's why I hire him, and that's why I hire uh, Jeff on drums because he's his mind is about the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, it was it was it was really frustrating, but we came to the conclusion that. And 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 I had to I had to kind of drag this out of the client. He's got his ideas, kind of firmly rooted in his head. Of what he wants to hear, but he wasn't specifically willing to communicate that. And so we decided that because he's an okay guitar player anyway, not a great guitar player, but he's an okay guitar player. He's going to go home and Practice work out those the parts ideas. that he
1: wants on there.
0: Yeah. And he's got a, he's got a decent home, home recording setup anyway. So he's going to record that. And if it's good, we'll, we'll use we'll it. Keep it. If yeah. it's, if it's no good, we'll have, we'll redo it here. But, yeah. um, or we'll, or we'll hire a guy and say, play this. Yeah. So okay. it always, it, it always, it always leaves me a little frustrated when that kind of thing happens because I feel the guilty person there. Like it's my responsibility to get the client to say what they want. And it's my responsibility to get the hired musician to play what the client wants. At least that's, that's how I feel whether or not it it's actually true, but sure. Yeah.
1: I, I could see that point of view. Same time though. The client is not willing to communicate that he's unhappy at the time that it's happening. It is on him and it's on his dime.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Anyway. Although I'm I'm pretty brutally upfront and honest with like anybody I work with who I've never really had to do anything like that but like anytime they want me to be creative and stuff I tell them like if there's anything I do that you do not
0: like you got to tell me.
1: You have to tell me and you have to tell me right away. I'm not married to anything I do. Yeah. <laughs> and I might keep it in there for like the first re- revision thinking that maybe there was something about it that you didn't like and I'll change it a bit if yeah. it's an idea that I think is a good for the song but if, if the first revision you're still saying no
0: that's not good I'd scrap it I struggle a lot with, um, with the balance between the client's ideas that I feel are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and my ideas, which I'm, I'm never married to, but I think are less stupid. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, luckily I have like a lot of clients that are just like, I don't know what I, what my mix should sound like. Can you just please make it sound as what you think sounds good? At least that, that seems to be the bulk of the people who hire me. Mm. Occasionally I get people who are like, no, you're not allowed to do anything. Just clean it up. (laughs) But yeah, you know, whatever with, with those clients, it's just that those are simple jobs because it's like, I I know what you want. So here it is. Yeah. And oftentimes there's not like a, even a first revision. It's just, I did the technical thing that you wanted me to do. Those are nice. Yeah. And then they blame you for their their record not sounding great because they told you that you don't get any creative freedom on
0: how the balance is. Right. Um, So we, uh, we didn't talk about this last week, I think. Okay. Um, but last Sunday I mastered uh, – I finally mastered my – EP that I got back from from the mastering engineer, right? I, I wasn't happy with it. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, right. I had him do a revision, and I still wasn't happy with it. um Anyway, so I mastered my EP, um, and did it all analog. I think the only thing I didn't do was I had to raise the volume a little bit um, digitally with a lim- with a limiter. Kay. that was the only thing yeah that was <clears throat> anyway um, not a big deal still not nearly as loud like it I think I think it came up to like minus 12 or minus 11 luffs volume wise
1: that it's about average you shouldn't be going louder than that see and I I think a lot of
0: the I know a lot of people go louder than that but the eight,
1: thing is is anything yeah. that your music's going to go on digitally is going to be, mm-hmm. uh, artificially
0: turned down to, and that was, that was, that was like what I was negative going for, 12 right? loves anyway. Um, I incorporated some, uh, some volume automation pre analog, um, from pro tools. Mm-hmm. Um, but then did all the processing, um, uh, through the, uh, the API 5,500, which is, man, the low end coming out of that thing is just like, it's thick and it feels huge and deep and so very appropriate. <laughs> I love it. Um, and I used a combination of the the, the 5,500, the Neve 8803 EQ. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, I had the 5,500 pre compression and the, um, and the uh, 8803 post compression okay and then i used i used the uh the dbx 160 sl uh and i had a um a not too quick attack that really brought out the snap of the drums oh man it, it, it was it was just it was it would let like all the transients through oh man it was it was While just hanging everything else awesome yeah it was it was just really great um and, 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 pretty gentle. Like, I don't think I, with that thing, I don't think I hit more than, more than minus three or minus
1: four decibels. Right. And with slow attacks, you shouldn't be being aggressive with it anyway, because mm. it sounds weird if you do, which I mean, yeah, maybe you want that, but yes.
0: follow that up with, um, with the Joe Meek, um, uh, compressor mm-hmm. and, and again, really light, like it averaged, you know one and a half to two and a half decibels of gain reduction pretty consistently throughout. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that was really nice, really smooth, really clean. And then of course the, the 8803, um, and then I, and then I brought them back in, uh, I, uh, ran them through the great river, um, the great river preamps. Right. Uh, and, uh, Drove them pretty hard into it, so you got even so more compression. Just a little bit of, just a little Some bit of grit. clipping, and yeah. and and a little bit of grit. It was really really sexy, and it it, it helped bring out the bottom end because it's got a pretty tight l- low end.
1: I can see that from the the Great River Priest. Yeah,
0: uh, Just just ended up being really really nice.
1: Aren't those supposed to be like almost six ten like the Great Rivers? No, they're no, Neve. They're, okay, Neve like I know they they were
0: going after one of the vintage classics. piece. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I, was, I was super happy with it. I, uh, drove around with it in my car for days. Um, trying to decide if I was actually happy with it or if I was just excited about it. Um, but I, yeah, it was a couple days. is pretty good. If, if you decide, no, no, and it was like six days. <laughs> Cause I, I didn't make the decision until that was Sunday. Uh-huh. And I didn't make the decision that I was happy until Friday or Saturday. Uh, but now it's done. There's even a couple mistakes in there that I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll love this. <clears throat> so I did, I did a tiny bit of pitch correction on the bass guitar in one song. Okay. Um, he was overall just a little flat. And there's one section in in, in, in that song where I tuned a note in his phrase down half a step accidentally. (laughs) And so
1: you created some dissonance.
0: Well, and, and, and it's, it's just him playing. So it's not a big deal, right? Like it's, it's a four bar section where, where it's just him playing this little seven, eight riff. Um, and then, then the drums and drums and a dirty guitar come in. Um, to to kind of groove along with them and there it goes to the right note just super weird but you're right it, it's this cool like off-putting kind of thing yeah oh there we go so we got through most of the things on my list except for the DSP thing we never got back to the plugins thing but that's okay because yeah. neither of us are really all that excited about plugins I'm excited about sales but sales are
1: great yeah
0: and
1: okay. then i get to compare them to my discounts we'll see y'all next week see ya follow
0: our hosts on twitter at two bodies of water
1: got that mic in a comfortable spot yet
0: i'm still working on it. at joey R. engineer i can't even talk i don't remember what my point was this is a boring podcast um i realize at the end of this we didn't introduce ourselves on to the internet you go go oh, switch off